0: All God has been doing this season the life of our church and the life of our families and everybody joining us here Guys, this is week three of us going Opening our doors week three of us opening our doors for our families to come join together And i'm so happy to see a lot of our families in person in the building we had malayalam service early in the morning at nine o'clock and now we have our English service. I'm thankful for what God is doing on the platform of Zion Church. We knew all this could happen, but believe that this is the best season and also the best is yet to come together for our church family. The better days are ahead of us. We believe in it together. Thank you worship team for helping us with a time of praise and worship. Can we actually put our hands together for a worship team. They're incredibly talented and gifted by God. And I'm thankful for every media person and everybody who works behind the scene. Can I have some more room lights here? Thankful for this season. How is everybody doing? How about how's everybody doing in this building today? Come on. Y'all can shout. Y'all doing okay? I see Timmy here. Timmy, how are you doing? Come on. <laughs> It's good to be in God's house and lift Him up all the time. No matter what season we are in, that season might be a bad season for us, but it is always a good season for God. I don't think that God has a bad season. Are you with me, church? I don't think God has, uh, let me repeat it for all the hearing impaired people who are still trying to fix your ears and tune in. I don't think God has a bad season. We might go through seasons of our life. I am already preaching. I am just 30 seconds into my message. and Already preaching. I believe God can work in any season if you allow Him to be part of that season in your life. I don't know what you're going through right now. You are stressed up. A lot of families are having conversations with people. There are a lot of people that are stressed with a lot of things that is going on. Maybe sickness, I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, is in um, another state and uh, their family is stressed uh, uh, due to some ongoing conditions, but um, I was praying with them and I promised that today we as a church, we are also going to pray for them. I reached out and a couple of our families reached out and I would say around six to seven of them who have requested prayers. And I believe if people who are watching us online, if if you are going through something difficult and you think that you can't stand by yourself, I am requesting you let us know when you let us know the church unites together for the brothers and sisters. We become one global family. We are praying. Our prayer team is already on the chat today. We're going to be praying for you and I believe the power of God is going to bring us into a new season and I declare it is going to happen. Church, I'm so excited. This is week three of us opening our doors and also week three of us doing the series Beyond. I love this. I love this. this. is one of my favorite series this year that I have done. There are many series that, you know, throughout the last three and a half, four years that I've journeyed on together with the church. And it gives me an opportunity to look into the Bible. And whenever I'm meditating through those scriptures, it gives me a different perspective. And that's what I want to encourage everybody when we do these series. And I believe in the spirit of the Lord Almighty that these are moments where God is helping our church to understand understand. understand where we can tap into the spiritual knowledge of heaven. Because God is communicating to us. We have different servants, different ministers who have preached on this platform. And I also tell you, preaching on this platform is not an easy task because we have families from all over. We have families from all over. And I believe I don't just preach to the the, the few families joining us on this platform here. But during the week, I get in touch with Hundreds of them probably who reach out for prayer, and we have an opportunity to minister to people outside of our parameters here. And I believe that early on this year when we started our our services on December 31st watch night service, God gave me a word to declare in the life of our church and it was the year of expansion. The year of expansion. Thankful for what God has done. Thankful for what God is doing. Hey guys, we still have three more months to finish finish out 2020. Some people might say, "Oh, 2020 I just want to walk into 2020. I just want to get over 2020 because this year has been the most messiest. This year has been the most uh, 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 an year of uncertainties to a lot of people. People who started business ventures might say that this year, you know, I don't know why I started, but can I tell you something? This year might be bad for you because of what is happening, but every single day of our life is ordained by God. He does not forget and He knows what exactly needs to happen. Today, I, I bring God's word to each one of us here gathered in this space and, and, and on our platform. I'm talking to you that we are going to step into a season of, what's the word? Beyond. Season of going beyond. Some of us have stepped into already in that season and towards the end of our service, I'm going to call one of our friends and we're going to pray for what God is doing in his life. This is a season for us to step into the beyond. People try to limit you. Uh, uh, Parents try to limit you. Church try to limit you. You know, there are friends who try to limit you. But my God is a limitless God. Tap into the resources of heaven today and step into those where you thought you can, baby, I have good news for you. You're about to walk into those places, not just as a victim, but as a victor in the name of Jesus Christ. But today, as I bring your attention to us, I want to title my sermon as Beyond Capacity. Beyond Capacity. Now listen to this, within each of us, within each of us gathered on this platform here, we have an enormous capacity to fulfill God-given purpose, God-given call in our life. In other words, you know what I'm saying is, you know, when God calls you, He's already deposited heaven and the presence of God in you. You have all you need to step into the work of God Almighty. Are you with me, somebody? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why within each of us, there is an enormous capacity to fulfill God-given call in our life. You know, some of of us might be thinking, you know, God called me to a worship ministry. What am I doing? I'm just singing in my bathroom. Some of us are good in our showers. We are are Ariana Grande only in our showers. We have never tapped into what God can actually do through us. He's already put in you, but what are you doing with the great deposit that is in you? God will put things in your life through the conversations that you have with your friends, with your parents, with people around you, with the church families. He already deposits the great enormous capacities in you where you have to unleash. You have to open those cans and you have to release what God has already poured into your life. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. If I may read it for you from the message translation, follow along with me. Somebody can put it on the comments as well from the message translation. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. This is how it goes. Read carefully or listen to me very, uh, pay attentively. Uh, the smallness you feel, listen, the smallness you feel comes from within you. Some of you are like, oh, is this really in the scriptures? Is this really in the Bible? Yeah, in the message translation, when you come across the scripture, when I was meditating on it, you know, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. It says that the smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Open up, open up your lives, live openly and expensively. Oh, somebody, somebody get this. Somebody get this today. Somebody get this today. Second Corinthians chapter 6 might be a life changer for some of you all today. It's in the smallness you feel, brother, sister, the smallness you feel. It's not the minister's problem. It's not the church's problem. Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church that, you know what? We love you unconditionally. Jesus loves you unconditionally. But you have not tapped into your capacity because the, the smallness you are feeling. Are you with me? Some people say that, you know what? They didn't recognize me. They didn't give me a platform. They don't acknowledge me. There are people who say this, you know, that person does not like me. This person does not like me. They continue to argue on. But Paul is helping the church know here. You know what, brother, sister? It is the smallness that has kept you small-minded. We see a lot of people who are small-minded. They're narrow-minded. They cannot tap into the perspective of God and what He wants to do in our generation. Are you with me, church? Why? I mean, a lot of people call me and tell me, why is Zion so different? Why is Zion Church so different than many other churches in Dallas, Texas? The reason is, brother, sister, we are very intentional in what we are doing. Are you with me? We're very intentional in what we are doing and that's why we have a lot of setbacks. But good news, I believe the setbacks are just a sign that God is with us. That every time we have a setback, God says, baby, that's okay. I'm cleaning up a little bit and I'm helping you to step into your place and position to fulfill the greatest capacities that God has already poured into our life. Are you with me? The smallness you feel. What are the areas where you feel so small that you feel so, uh, 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 you know, that that you can't and you don't want to and that you see yourself. That you cannot conquer. You seem like you know grasshoppers in 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 front of many giants. You seem like you can't do it. And I'm just a boy. I can't conquer. I can't. You seem so small in your own eyes. But look through the eyes of God Almighty today. And I challenge each one of you today. The moment you start tapping into the resources of heaven, I declare in the name of Jesus, every giant comes down. Hallelujah the smallness you feel comes from within you. Paul is saying, your lives are in small. I don't want to stay in that scripture for too long. But listen, the first step is to decide that you do not want to stay where you are. Are you with me? Oh, come on somebody. I'm helping somebody here. I'm helping somebody here. The first step is to decide that I don't want to stay where I am. I have been in this place for too long. I have been stuck in this place for a long time. But today I decide that it's time for me to move on. It's time for me to step into. It's time for me to break those walls. It's time for me to move beyond the limited box that people have boxed me up. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of us, we have just packaged ourselves. I love receiving Amazon, Amazon, Amazon gifts. Amazon gifts and the packages that come. I love opening those boxes. I love Josiah opening those boxes. But listen, those boxes are of no good if I don't open them. Because there are great things that are packaged... In that recycled box, there are great things that are packaged and if I need to see what it is, I need to open those boxes. Some of us gathered on this platform you haven't yet tapped into because you have limited God within your so-called boxed up mind. It's about time to break those boxes The family has put, the church has put, that organization has put. It's about time for you to kick those boxes out and step into the God-given realities of your life. Your life is much beyond what you think you are right now. Let me go real quick. Scholars believe Psalm 3 and Psalm 4, Psalm 3 and Psalm 4 were written on the same day. It's Davidic scriptures. Then scholars believe that Psalm 3 was written in the morning, and Psalm 4 was written in the evening. And then in between both of these psalms, as you read and meditate to Psalm 3 and Psalm 4, you understand that David is actually running for his life. What is he doing? He's running from his own son, Absalom. He's running because Absalom and all his counterparts want to kill David. They want to kill their own dad for misunderstanding and the things that has happened in their life. And David is running for his life. And in the midst of that, morning and evening, God gives David a victory. And this is how it goes in Psalm 4 verse 1. Listen, Psalm 4 verse 1, it says, God... You are my righteousness. Come on, somebody. I don't know if you want to make a prayer today. Or you want to declare over your life or your children, if your family. Declare, God, you are my righteousness. You are my righteousness. My champion defender. I love this scripture. It is so powerful. Listen to this. You are my righteousness. My champion defender, answer me when I cry for help. Whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. Oh, wait a minute. This, 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 this doesn't make sense. When I was in distress, you enlarged me? When I was going through something bad in my life, you enlarged? Can I tell you something? How good happens when there is good pressure in your life. I was talking to our, uh, a small group yesterday and I was asking Benjamin this question. Benjamin, um, what makes you do your assignments or your projects uh, turn in in time? He said, pressure. And my wife, Anisha, seconded that. And she said, you know what? Uh, she just finished her MBA. She graduates and she already, uh, she graduates in a month's time. And she said, you know, no, but pressure helps us fee- finish our assignments. Like we have 30 minutes to finish our assignment. We are so under pressure. Some parents are looking at their children here. I don't think some family things are going on. I think I'm speaking reality in the life of everybody because we're all on the same page. Right? Some good things happen when you are under pressure. When you are under pressure. I know let's leave the, 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 you know, the aspect that we didn't do things in time. But when some things have good happen when you are in pressure. We are under great pressure. You work, you bring all the resources together because you know you have 30 minutes to turn in that assignment and you got only 29 minutes to go and you want to bring it all together and you work and you try to finish. Some things work good under pressure. Listen, you don't have a, whenever I was in distress, you enlarged me. And that's a beautiful aspect of David's scripture here because he is going through a lot of stress in his life. But how did God enlarge him? God, from that stress, put him on the throne to stay. And for generations, his throne has been staying as a mark in history. The greatest king that ruled over Israel. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, church? That when I was in distress, you enlarged me. I'm being squeezed again, but I need your kindness right away. Grant me your grace, Lord. Hear my prayer and set me free. Listen, church, listen. This is what I wanted to uh, mention here. If you run away from things that are applying pressure on you, you will always step away from the path and purpose and live in an unfulfilled and dissatisfied life. For those who are trying to take notes, let me go slowly. If you run away from things that are applying pressure in your life, you will always step away from the path of purpose and live an unfulfilled and unsatisfied life. How many of us are living an unfulfilled life? An unsatisfied life. I was talking to a brother a couple of months ago. And the brother was saying, Pastor, you know what? I was called for ministry. I was called for ministry. I was called to do exactly what you're doing. And he said, I'm very jealous of you. Seeing you minister, I'm very jealous. I'm like, brother, there is still time for you to do what you need to do. All you need to do is you can have both things in your hand. When you decide to serve God, you decide to serve God. Are you with me? When you decide to serve God, everything else comes secondary in your life. The brother was like, brother, pastor, I was, I'm involved in so many things. I'm working, I have business, I'm doing everything. I said, brother, if you continue to do all those things, focus on one thing, you will not, not, not fulfill the God-given dreams in your ministry. Because now if you are a if you want to do a pastoral ministry, if you want to step into a pastoral ministry, let me preach this. If you want to step into a pastoral ministry, right, there are things that you have to dedicate your old time to. It demands a lot of time. When I was talking to the brother, I was helping him understand, brother, you still have time. And then the brother said something where I had to cut my phone. He said, you know what? I will retire and then I will step into ministry. Who wants you when you retire? Huh? When you have to fulfill God-given dreams in your life, get ready to step into the unknowns. Get ready to step into the unknown. Because it is God that you are trusting, not your 501K. It is God you're trusting, nothing else, not your bank belt. No, you're not trusting anything else, you're trusting God in those given moments. Are you with me, church? You're trusting God in those given situations of your life. But here's where I want to bring your attention to here is where I want to bring your whole attention to it is Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 5. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 5. Can we read it together? It says, And now. Brothers and sisters, we want you to know, Paul is addressing the Corinthian church here and he's exhorting the church and helping them understand about another church here. Listen, and now, brothers and sisters of Corinth, listen, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Paul is talking about the Macedonian church to the Corinthian church. He's letting the Corinthian brothers and sisters know, you know what brothers and sisters? You know what brothers and sisters? There's another church that I want to bring your attention to. They may not be as elaborate as you guys are. They may not be as big and they don't have the cool, you know, stuff that all you have. But please understand, there are many other churches that function in the authority of mind. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? You don't just have a church and you don't call yourself just, just a church, because you have a cool building and you have all that. I know there are churches who are meeting under tree. I know there are churches who have no facility right now to meet because they are so poor that they don't have the monthly rent to pay. Are you with me, Church? There are churches that I got to minister recently on Zoom that are not able to function in an open building and are limited to just Zoom. But I am glad when I join those Zoom meetings, I'm glad those families are hungry for God Almighty. I see their faces as, you know, most of our American churches, we don't want to turn on our video. I don't know for what reason. We're like, shut off video. I don't know what all are we doing when we shut off our video. I don't consider it's a prayer meeting that you have joined if your video is off. I'm sorry. But let that sink in for a while. (laughs) For example, if we didn't have COVID situation in play, right? If we didn't have COVID situation in play... We had to come in play, presence. We had to come to church. We had to drive. 30 minute extra. This is beyond my scriptures today, but I had to exhort my church. You know, we, we had to take that time, 30 minute, 40 minute to drive to get to a church. Minus all that time, you're just attending the Zoom call. No matter what clothing you're wearing at home, it's okay. Turn on. That's the time that we fellowship with brothers and sisters. That's the time we get to see one another. And there are people who have missed our church services for the last six straight months. I don't know. I'm not going to that. It says 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 5. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know, do not forget, we want you to know the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Listen, in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy... And their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and, the next word, and even beyond their ability. Oh, Pastor Justin is talking about finance today. It's time to log into some other church service. If you do that, brother and sister, you're missing out the point today. Yes, of course, I want to go there into finances. Yes, I want to talk about it, but a Christian perspective over it. You know, let me just say, you want to become rich? Do you want to become rich in life? You want to become rich in life? Support your local church. Simple, basic. Support your local church. Can I tell you something? The moment you start supporting your local church, I'm not saying you support Zion Church. If you're a member of Zion Church, yes, of course. You want to contribute to Zion Fellowship? Of course, yes. We have our giving options. Towards the end of our service, we'll put it on the stream. But listen to this. Listen to this very carefully. Whatever church you're part of, support your local church. Pastor, I lost my job. It's okay. Give to the Lord what you have. Even if it is pennies, give to the Lord. Are you with me, church? I was talking to a young family from our church recently and he said, Pastor Justin, you know, during our services, what we are doing is my, I give coins to my, you know, when, when we had church services, uh, 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 my daughter, my son used to bring, you know, the, the currency to the church and to, to to give us an offering. But because it is online, you know, we have given her a piggy bank. And what she does is she puts those currencies in the piggy bank during the service. While it is going on, she goes and she drops into that. And after the church, is open, when we are coming by, we're bringing that piggy bank to the church. I'm thankful for families who are actually helping your children to understand the principle of giving to God. You become rich not just because you started a business, not because you have two jobs, not because you have all the things. You become rich when you start supporting the work of God's kingdom because your perspective changes. It's not about you. It's about God. It's not about you. It's about His kingdom. Your perspective must change today. Listen what Paul is exhorting the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church is a rich church. It's like a city church. You have a lot of IT people in that church. You have a lot of people who are businessmen in that church. You have a lot of people who are wealthy and influential in that church. But Paul is exhorting to the church and letting them know, brother, sister, you know, when I was collecting offerings for the widows, for the poor people, you know what the Macedonian church told me? The Macedonian church told me, you know what, and they, urge verse 4, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege in sharing in the service of Lord's people. It's not a burden anymore. It is a privilege. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching better than your praise. And I know today I won't get much amens here. It's okay. But I pray. I pray after you think about this service. After you think about this message. I pray that you will give a commitment to God Almighty. They're saying it is a privilege that I get to support. And, and honestly, I'm not just talking about finances. Brother, your time. Where's your time at? What are you busy with? Are you with me? Where are you lost? Where have you given yourself up? What are you doing brother, sister? Look at the Macedonian churches. Even in the midst of their poverty. They give to the Lord. They give to the Lord. I love people. You know what? I love to enjoy gifts from people. And I've enjoyed gifts from a lot of people. I am thankful that ever since I've stepped into ministry, a lot of things that I've received in my life. A brother, Rasvi, called me. And there's a tradition in my church back in Bangalore. You know, every time somebody gets married from the church, you know, they buy clothes for the whole family, for their family. And also they buy clothes or, or suit and stuff for the pastors too. I love it. So all my suit come from Bangalore. You know why? And there are a lot of weddings that have happened and the father called me like, Pastor, we have bought you something. We want to, and unfortunately for Corona, that I don't get what I, already people have purchased for me. Listen, listen, listen. I have loved receiving gifts from people who are not just wealthy and rich. I have loved receiving from, gifts from people who are really poor, really broke. When we were building our church in Bangalore, When we were building our church in Bangalore, we didn't have enough finances. We didn't have enough finances. The bank did not want to loan, give us any loans. We didn't have anything to prove that we were capable of enough of paying it back. There's a widow in our church. Comes from another background. She came that night. She gave all her jewelry and said, pastor, 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 this belongs to the church. That's my commitment. When my previous church in Bangalore, they were doing a building project, my mom gathered all her, all her jewelry. This is something that I'm teaching our churches today and our young people listening to me. She gathered all her jewelry that she had, expensive stuff, and when the offering bucket passed by, she dropped into the offering buckets and wrote a note saying that this belongs for the church construction work. I am thankful for godly parents. I'm thankful for godly people. You know what? It is easy for us to give when we have. But it really breaks when we don't have anything. And what moves the heart of God. Is that when you start giving. Even when you don't. You are broke in this season. Start giving to God. Because you trust not in your salary, you trust not in your 401k. You don't trust in anything else, but you trust in God Almighty, who is the Creator, who owns everything. Brother, sister, I I've, mean, I've I've you, when, when you some some people when they give an offering, you want everybody to know, and you give the offering. You think God is going to buy a masala dosa and enjoy that, brother, sister. Your offering, God does not need it. Okay, it's your heart's commitment. It's not just your money that it is your heart that He needs. Hallelujah. Listen, And it says that, and I want to bring your attention to words, your season, I read this somewhere and I wanted to I wrote it down so that I don't forget. listen to this. your season plus your spiritual disposition, plus the facts, equals your outcome. Listen to this. Your season that you are in right now, plus the spiritual condition where you are, right? And the facts that is governing those spiritual situation results in the outcome. What is the conditions of Macedonian churches? Their season was they were going to severe test of affliction, right? Their spiritual condition is their joy. And this is what I want to speak, joy in the life of some people. I have a family here whose last name is Joy. Their family is full of joy. I love visiting them. Full of joy. (laughs) But I want to speak life into your, your life today. Not happiness. Listen, happiness comes today. Happiness goes tomorrow. But joy is the virtue of Holy Spirit. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You know where you apply that scripture? When your life is broke. When you are filing for bankruptcy. When everything else fails in your life. You stand in the midst and you declare. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I will not give up today. I will not give up tomorrow. Because I believe the joy of the Lord is my strength. I am going beyond my capacity today. Some people are limiting yourself, bro. Change your attitude. Sister, change your attitude. You're about to move into severe test of affliction is their season. Their spiritual condition is the joy, right? And the fact is extreme poverty. I'm quoting from the scripture. Extreme poverty. That's the fact. That's the fact. But it resulted in wealth of generosity. Whoa. Wow. It resulted in a wealth of general brother. How do you become generous? Not because you have a lot and you give it to the Lord. Are you with me? Some people become generous when they have everything. When I have two houses, Lord, that's when I'm gonna start tithing. When I have a job, that's why I love some of our youngsters at our church. Even when they don't have a job, they tithe to the church. I'm thankful for what they do. And there are some people, I was talking to our uh, our team the other day, and there are some people who have made sure that the first of their blessing, first of their income comes to the Lord. Can I tell you something? My parents taught me that the first of what I buy, clothes, should be wore at church. And I'm not saying this as a doctrine. I'm just saying this as a conviction and a practice. Are you with me? The first of what? I don't wear to church what I wore some other day. I wait to church something that is fresh. That's my attitude. I don't prepare my clothes on a Sunday morning. I prepare my clothes for Sunday on Saturday night and keep it separate. Why? Because my parents taught me to work for God in the fullest capacity. Can I tell you? I may not have enough or more. But I have a God who backs me up in every situation. I don't forget the convictions I have. There was a brother in our church, you know, he used to come with fresh notes to church. Fresh notes. Every first of the month, he comes with fresh notes on that first Sunday. Comes with fresh notes as the tithe to the church. And he said, when I give tithe to the church, it should be the freshest of the notes. He goes, stands in front of the RBI or the place where he gets the fresh notes. That's the conviction. I'm not saying it's a doctrine. I'm saying that's your conviction. Can I tell you? God just lifted that brother in a way that no human mind can ever understand. He comes from a broke family with a lot of generational curse and bankruptcy. But when God started to do things in his life, no, I have seen brother, sister, can I tell you, some of us that are enjoying the way we are having jobs and everything in America, like my life is so secure. Can I tell you, Corona is the proof that nothing is secured in in, in, in this country. No matter where you are, you might be in one of the finest European countries around Western countries in the world. But can I tell you, nothing is secure in this world. One small microscopic virus has torn down the nations around the world. Give your priority to God. I'm encouraging some young people watching me online because my messages are viewed by a lot of young adults, young families and older families and everybody. Everybody. Make some commitments in your life. You don't give to God what is secondary. You give to God even before you have given your mortgage, even before you have gone to the restaurant, even before you have spent time or given money to your your lenders and all the other. You give God the first. Make that as a habit. Your pastor, brother, young brother, older brother, uh, your achacha is helping. And something that I have practiced in my life, I tried to prove it. I tried to do it. because My parents have put this in my heart. I'm not saying this as a doctrine. I'm saying this is a conviction. Helping our church to understand the principles of giving God the first you will never be lost. If you put God the first in your life, baby, you will never be lost. Are you lost in everything that you've been doing? Change that algorithm altogether. That mathematical equation is changing right now. The moment you start putting God first in your life, the first thing I wake up to is God. The first thing I do in my life is God. God is the priority of my life and everything else comes secondary. That's the principle from the Macedonian church. I love it. They urgently pleaded. Paul, please, please come. Paul said, You know what, brothers? I know you're poor. You're from the tribals. You know, I know you can do it. I know there's a lot more persecution. I know you can do it. You lost your job and all that. But the Macedonian leaders said, Paul, you can take money from Corinth and Rome and Jerusalem, but you don't want to take our offering because we are poor. It's not a burden on us, it is our privilege. To be part of God's work and kingdom. It's God's privilege. It's a privilege. Some of us. We are part of God's work. It is our time that is needed. Don't consider that as a burden. Because even if you, if you, if you consider that as a burden. When the church asks you. When the people ask you. My, my friend there is no point in us doing what we are doing. Because you have missed the point that all God needs is your heart. Everybody in this room, I believe you are here and some of us are staying back even after the Malayalam service. Not because you didn't have work to do, but simply because you know that nothing wrong in spending one more hour in another service. It's being part of what God is doing in our generation. Some of our young parents, young families who are watching in a couple of weeks are planning on coming back. Come together, let us build the house of God. Come together, let us build build and advance the kingdom of God in our city. Listen, in a bad season, oh let me go real quick, I'm just going to take five more minutes here. I have, oh no, actually eight more minutes. In a bad season, in a bad season, God can take what you don't have, your extreme poverty, and what you have, your joy, and multiply it until it overflows into what others need. Are you with me? Listen, listen. In, in, in a bad season, God can take what you don't have. What you don't have. Some people have been complaining that I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have the money, Lord. I don't have the strength, Lord. I, 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 don't, I can't do it. Your life, brother, sister, is filled with excuses all the time. You're like, God, I can't do it. All the time you've been saying, I can't remove the T in the end and declare, I can do it. I can do it because it is God who strengthens me. Listen, in a bad season, God can take what you don't have, which is your extreme poverty and what you have, which is your joy and multiply it until it overflows into somebody's life who are need the most in this season which is your wealth of generosity you want to be wealthy step into god's purpose right now right here at this moment listen Can I tell you something? I started off saying this God can bless you in every season. Your bad season, the worst year, the worst day that you have, the worst day with your boss. God can change every season around because he who has created the world knows the best for your world. Do you think, and I was talking to somebody recently, and they say that, you know, this is the worst year ever. The worst year ever. I don't like this year at all. I just want to step into the new year. <laughs> I just want to get into 2021. 2020, I just want to rip off from my calendar. <laughs> but can I tell you, when God created everything, did He forget about 2020? That did He, you know, plan about 2020? We might think that, oh, this is God might have overlooked in the year 2020. No, baby, God looked in 2020 and he designed for each one of us. Even for those who are in the ICU, God says, baby, I see you right there. I'm just trying to encourage because I know there are families joining us from there. I see you in that place where you are in the midst of discomfort. But I pray my words will come ringing in your ears as a word of hope. You're about to come out of that situation because I believe in the power of the Almighty God that transcends and moves beyond. Today, I'm stepping beyond my capacity. Listen, no challenge, no change, right? No challenge, no change. A lot of people want to have change, but you don't want to take up any challenge. Right? When we start 2020, I'm like, you know, I want to lose 25 pounds. Well, we are all fired up. The first three days, we are full on dieting. We go cycling, which we went, you know, I planned on doing that last. <laughs> I planned on doing this with Sean and our, some of our, my brothers early on this year, which we postponed it so much that we have to do it last, last week. Man, I tell you, I still feel the pain. It still hurts me brother Jojo you escaped it still hurts me <laughs> But listen no challenge there is no change You want to have change in your life change in anything that you feel that you are stuck with challenge that situation Challenge it when you challenge you know what let me tell you when 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 I tell you know what Joel I challenge you you know we take that as a word of threat Right? We take that as a word of threat. No. But take it in a way that you know what? I am being challenged to change some of the ways I have been doing things. What are in your situation that you are about to change because you've been challenged? You don't like the situation you are in? Brother, change and challenge is necessary. Challenge your situation. You will see change. Listen. How do I know your capacity if you don't challenge it? How do I know what I'm capable of if I never get beyond what I am comfortable with? And especially in the Western, just let me be very honest, we are comfortable with, I need my cushioned chair. It feels good. I need my cushioned chair. I need my sofa. I need my couch. Now, now that it is all the online church, I need my bed to just watch. We're so comfortable. But you are expecting change. People call me all the time. Brother, Justin, they give me suggestions. You know what? I had to, you know, I'll be really honest. If that brother is watching us online, I'm so sorry, brother. But, you know, it, it, it bothered me so much when people call me and give me suggestions. I had to tell one brother this, brother, I don't want your suggestion. In a loving way, because we both are very jovial, I had to tell, brother, I don't need your suggestion. I need you to work for your suggestion. You give me suggestions, very good, but if you're ready to put your work behind your suggestion, let us do it together. Are you with me? If you want to challenge those things, you will see change happen in your life. Second, Thing that I'm going to mention here is that I've taken this from another pastor, Pastor Stephen Ferdick, would say, and he shared an example with it. Pastor Stephen Ferdick was saying, when he planted his church, one of the largest churches in America today, with more than 25, 30,000 people that they claim uh, uh, on this platform on this earth, that they gather together and their ministry is going beyond what they actually started. He said for the first four months, first four months, he did not give an altar call in his church because he was scared. Stephen Fuddig, I think that he is one of the greatest communicators on our planet among preachers. I love this guy, the way he he carries his passion, his ministry, his his creativity. I love the way he functions within his church and the church is growing beyond leaps and bounds. But listen, for the first four months of him planting his church, he did not want to give uh, 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 an altar call. Because he was scared if people would come. Are you with me? He was scared that people people raise their hand. What if I give an altar call? And nobody raises their hand. And one night, he was listening to another pastor on the YouTube. This is his personal testimony. Another pastor on the YouTube at night. And he said, he 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 was thinking whether he should share that tomorrow at the service. Should he give an altar call? And his wife, Sometimes, you know, our wives are like angels. Sometimes. I, actually, all the time, okay? And they have a prophetic insight at moments. And they speak so much life in you that, man, nobody else could have ever thought of. And that's why I believe God unites these people together. His wife, who was sleeping, was about to turn off the light because it was disturbing her turned around, looked at Stephen Furtick and this is what she said. You could if you would. And and Stephen Furtick says that the, the paradigm of my ministry changed forever because there was somebody within my house who said, you could if you would. What does the general public say? The general public would say or people would say, you would... If you could, but his wife encourages him to say that you could if you would. What are the things that you could and you are now wouldn't you? You are now wanting to do it. You wouldn't do it because you don't think you meet with all the requirements. You don't think that you can go beyond that capacity. You think that you can do it at all, brother, sister. My word brings hope into your life today. You could because you would. What are you willing to do today? You can do things if you're just situated where you are. But get ready to move beyond. Because I believe in a God who takes you beyond your capacity. Hallelujah. I love the book of Acts chapter 3 verse 1. Here is a guy who's crippled, lying at the gate called Beautiful. And there is two dudes who are walking to the temple. Who are these guys? Peter and John. They're walking towards the temple. And there's a crippled guy. There is a, there is a crippled guy. Can you focus on me right now if I lie down here? There's a crippled guy. There is a crippled guy. And all he has done all his life is, somebody help me. I want food to eat. I want something to eat. Somebody help me. All his life is ask for alms. Two guys are walking in union. Walking to the temple. They see this dude here and they ask him, what do you want, bro? What's going on? He's asking him, don't you see it? I am suffering. I'm crippled. I can't do anything. Peter and John looked at him and said, you know what? I don't have much to give you. What I have, I give it to you. But all I'm here to say is, you could if you would. You could if you would. And in Jesus' name, leave your mat, get up and get going today. Are you with me, church? I am here to declare life into some crippled lives. Some people who've been thinking, I can't do it. I can't function. My life is limited. This is not happening. But here I am here to declare into the life of some people. Brother, sister, stop repeating. Start repeating your life cycle. Stop repeating and step into. Break those boxes today. You could because you would. You could. You could today. This season you could. That business deal that you're waiting for, you could. That education that you think you can't do it, you could. The ministry you think you can't, you could. When I was invited to preach, I remember the story when I was invited to preach. When you had a young age, I think I was 15 or 16. You know, it is easy to preach at a people that you know that even if you make a mistake, you know, they're like, yeah, cool. You know, we know the guy. You know, he's, he's, he's just 15 years old. He, but if you are invited to preach at another congregation, you are to be prepared and you go there. And I had a lot of stage fear at that time. And I didn't want to go because, no, to, to preach within my capacity is what I was used to. But I was invited to preach at a bigger congregation. And I, 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 I brought in all the excuses to my dad. And I was like, dad, you know what? I don't have a drive. I, I can't, I mean, I don't have a vehicle. I don't think I can go. I don't think it function does. You know, my dad told me something. If you don't do it today, you will never do it tomorrow. And he told me, if they have invited, You must go. And I remember I had to step out of my comfort zone that day to step into my capacity which God has already put into my life. And after that season of one day preaching in, the front, in front of more than 2,000 people at the age of 15, God just opened the doors for multi-congregations. You know, uh, 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 you know, I am thankful that there was somebody to encourage me at that point. I'm here to encourage some people here. You're scared to play the piano. You're scared to do the things. You're scared to commit yourself. Because you're limiting yourself. You're limiting yourself. Give your nothing in the hands of God. Your season of poverty in the hands of God. Brother, sister, he will change it around. You don't have a checkbook. It's okay. Make a commitment today. Make a commitment to God. I didn't tell this to my board officially, but... This season, God is challenging each one of us. And this is what I'm going to tell. December 31st on our watch night service, even if it is in person or online, wherever it is, we're going to take a special offering this year. It is beyond our capacity. No matter what you have done, I give you two months to prepare for it. Save it, save separately. It's December 31st special offering for God's work. For God's work. It is beyond your ability. It's not your tight money, brother, sister. It's beyond your ability. We can do it. And together we are going to help ministries around the globe. To succeed, to conquer, to come through. Because there is a church in Richardson that believes that we can go beyond our natural capacity. I want my church to believe with me. Thirdly, can I have my worship team behind me? Get comfortable uncomfortably. We all want to be comfortable. But sometimes you're, you know, becoming uncomfortable must be the normal in your life. That every day somebody pushes you off your limits. Every day somebody says, you know, brother, you can do it more. When I walked into today, Nathan and Johnny, they were in the room and I'm like, bro, you can do it. I see Nathan, Nathan, you're going to be a prophet in our generation. I declare it over your life. I declare over the children, the young people in my church here, you're not tomorrow's church, you're today's church. I want to build this church, this house, so that we represent the glory of God in our generation. Are you with me, church? Do I have some parents who would dream with me for the same? Get ready to be uncomfortable. Get ready to be comfortable in being uncomfortable. Every moment and situation, it demands a lot of time, but I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do my exams, but I'm going to do it. Because God comes first. God comes first. My parents will never allow me to do any exams on Sunday morning even if I fail. I'm not saying that as something that you need to follow. But if you can. Priorities in our life. Nothing has come as a lack in my life because I did what God had asked me and made a commitment I didn't miss a cottage meeting just because I had to do my examination or my homework. I was there. I was there. And today I can boldly say because I did what was taught to me. Get ready to get uncomfortable. Comforts are all around us. If we can manage ourselves, you can definitely go beyond your capacity. Listen, there are things that produces in your life in that season. Pain produces. Ask a mom. Ask a mom. There's so many mothers on, on the stream. Ask a mom. You can lift your hands, raise your hand emoji. But I could ask, you know, moms in this place too. Pain produces. You are in that pain for nine months. But when your baby comes out, pain produces joy in that moment, in that situation. You go through that excruciating pain. But when your baby comes out, you see the beautiful face of your baby and say brain produces joy in my life listen patience produces ask any caterpillar in a cocoon ask any caterpillar in a the, the caterpillar does not want to be in the ca, in the cocoon why it does not want to be in that narrow place it wants to break out it wants to step out but doesn't want to do it too soon, though. Doesn't want to do it too soon, though. The caterpillar wants to step out. But listen, ask any caterpillar in a cocoon. The caterpillar doesn't want to be trapped in it. It wants to step out. But the right season, when it had endured patience, endured that moment, it produces patience. Watch your Holy Spirit, and it starts to flap its wings. You are designed to fly, not remain in the cocoon. But there is a season in your life that you are trapped in that cocoon. But there is a season God, God is bringing. You are about to flap your wings and fly into your destiny. I repeated, you are about to break that cocoon. You're about to break that box. You're about to break the norms of church and fly into the destiny. God is ordaining in your life i am fired up listen pressure produces something in our life pressure produces something in our life you know what the the tires right right last sunday i mentioned that we all went cycling and uh, one of our brothers his his the pressure in his cycle was so low that he could not do in the average speed And they stopped. they mentioned that they stopped and they had to refill the pressure uh, so that they can have, uh, uh, the the cycles can function, the bikes can function. Our cars, the way it is designed is that, you you mentioned there's DPMS, where the way it is designed is that uh, uh, the pressure indicates that how you can function in the midst of obstacles and the friction and your car keeps floating, your car keeps flying, your car keeps moving. You need pressure in your life. Some people are ready to run away from pressures of life. Some people are so quick to run away from pressure. But listen, I'm here to encourage somebody. I'm going to finish this real quick. Pressure is very important. Ask a balloon. Ask a balloon about what pressure produces. Some of our life is just like this, all jacked up. You know, it's just, just an empty balloon. We look colorful and good and wonderful, but it is of no use. We're all empty. No use of this balloon. Nobody uses a balloon just like this. But the way this balloon is purpose or designed is the way this balloon is purpose or designed is when you put pressure in it, it comes into the realities of what is actually created for. Lord, it hurts. It hurts me, O Lord. I spend too much time. Lord, it hurts. That pressure is not good, Lord. It hurts me, Lord. It's too much pressure, Lord. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. A lot of our people are just in this capacity. But this balloon, everybody knows we can handle more. Can we handle more? Can we handle more? No. (laughs) Can we handle more? Some of us are just limiting ourselves for what we already have because we don't want to tap into more. But I think this balloon can handle more, and there are a lot of people scared here. You're just flinching. You just want to. You're scared because this could pop any moment. But I think this balloon can go for more. I'm scared too. But honestly, listen. What more we could do if we just allow God to step in? The pressure that you are in in your life right now is giving room for growth in your life. The pressure that you are in in your life right now is giving room for more growth in your life. Give you all rise up in God's house. Pain produces. Patience produces. Today, you might be in the most trialing times, but listen, in those given moments, pain produces joy. I might go through whatever I am going through, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. Pastor, I am broke. He can bless that situation, brother, if your heart is not broke. Your wallet is broke. Your job is broke, but your heart is not broke. He will bless it. He will bless it. Pastor, I am tired because of all the work I do, but do it with the right attitude. You will find joy. Serve God, not with an attitude of burden, but as an attitude of privilege. He will bless it. Father, I thank you. We get to share our heart today, celebrate the goodness of yours, And I believe when we tap into those resources, we are going beyond our capacity. Can we sing a song and worship God? And during this time, we'll have our online giving options too. Let's make a commitment to the Lord today and give it to the Lord and celebrate the goodness of His presence right now.